Hi, everyone. Before we get to our show today, I wanted to give you a very exciting announcement about Path 11 TV. This is a new network that Mike and I created through Path 11 Productions. And today I am going to give you an exclusive code. You won't be able to find it anywhere else. It's if you listen to this podcast. Um, I'm going to give you a code for 25% off your monthly membership of Path 11 TV for your first three months. Um, so you're basically going to get that membership for seven. $7.49 a month instead of $9.99 a month. And Path 11 TV is actually active right now. Um, it's a little bit of a secret. We kind of have it behind uh, closed doors here. But if you go to path11tv.com, you will see that you can subscribe to our network. We are adding um, footage uh, constantly and regularly. We are going to be launching this more publicly on, guess the date, November 11th. 11-11-2020, around 11 a.m., we are inviting some very special guests who will be uh, helping us to launch the Path 11 TV on that day, so stay tuned for that. And um, we have a lot of content there. Right now, we have over 75 hours of exclusive footage. We have stuff on UFOs, consciousness, healing. I mean, you name it, it is there. I think you guys are going to love it. So are you ready for the code? Get your pen and paper down. This is only for people who listen to this podcast. And uh, the code is podcast 25. Again, that gives you 25% off of your monthly membership, providing you three months of free viewing. So go ahead and head over to path11tv.com, put in your code podcast 25 and get yourself started. If you're not sure if you want to do that yet, I forgot to mention, we also have a three free day trial. So just sign up anyway. Um, sign up if we have other deals or, you know, other contents going on, you'll probably hear about it if we follow that up with a newsletter, but um, you can try it for three days for free. And then if you like what you see and you don't get a chance to watch it all, which you won't be able to in three days, go ahead and put in podcast 25 for 25% off your monthly membership, again, giving you three months of free viewing. So those three free days will turn into three months. All right, guys. And uh, that's all I have for you today. And let's get to our show. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast. I have a wonderful guest today who is joining me, Edie Nathan. We met Edie at this year's Afterlife Awareness Conference, which was held online due to the pandemic. If you haven't seen it yet, this year's conference will only be available until the end of the month on September 30th, 2020. Since there isn't a whole lot of time left to watch, we're giving you a 25% discount. Just use the coupon code all caps, close out 25 when registering, and then you'll be able to watch almost 20 hours of compelling talks and discussions around the afterlife. So without further ado, I'm not sure if any of you guys have ever watched the show on A&E TV called Psychic Kids, but you might recognize Edie because she was the certified hypnotherapist and EMDR therapist who was uh, a consultant there for that show. Um, 
And so she talked a little bit about uh, psychic kids at the Afterlife Awareness Conference, but we're really not going to focus on that today, although her presentation was fascinating for those of you who are listeners and are parents and have tapped into, um, you know, noticing that your children have some psychic ability. She is a great consultant for that. Edie is also a New York native. She's down in Long Island. Uh, her office is in New York City, but she hasn't gotten there since the pandemic. Um, but I'm sure she is working virtually and we're going to hear from her in just a second. But I wanted to let you know a little bit more about her. Uh, she is an author. Her book is called It's Grief, The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. And that is one of the topics that we are going to talk about today, grief, loss, and trauma. Um, she is an author, a public speaker, and licensed therapist. She is an AASECT certified sex therapist, hypnotherapist, and certified EMDR practitioner with more than 20 years experience. She's also earned degrees from New York University and Fordham University with postgraduate training at the Ackerman Institute for Family Therapy. Edie, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, great to see you again. Um, I really loved your presentation. It was one of my favorites, but, you know, I always love uh, hearing about children's psychic abilities and they are such teachers for us as adults and remind us like who we used to be when we were their age. And they are, they're really important to listen to. So um, it was a great presentation. Oh, thank you. I, I had so much fun putting it together. And part of the presentation was about a hero's journey. And truly, we are all of us universally in a hero's journey right now. And that hero's journey is how we started in February or March in our ordinary lives. And then we were hit with this COVID and we, we all went into like a cave and it was different for everyone. And that cave for some was also emblematic of grief and, and loss. And then now we're trying to emerge and figure out how are we going to go back into an ordinary life? What does ordinary even mean? And who are we? And that's really grief. Yeah. And I definitely want to talk more about that because I think all of our listeners, everyone in the world is experiencing either some sort of grief, trauma, or loss uh, during this whole pandemic that we're all living through. And I know that you're going to speak to a lot of great points um, on that. But before we kind of get to the meat and potatoes, I'd like you to just give our listeners a little bit more of your background and, you know, just the stuff that you have been doing, some of your training and, you know, why you have written a book about grief and your hero's journey has kind of brought you here in this place now. Sure. So we all come to our hero's journey for, through, um, I think, I think of it in terms of multiples. We meet many, many people along the way and they hit us, they charge us, they affect us, they change us, they move us. And people open us up to experiences. And the work that I presently do really was a journey in unto itself and led to being me being a therapist, led to writing a book, led to the desire to do all these different kinds of trainings. And, and sometimes I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and being a perfectionist, I want to get it right. And 
perfectionism can be one of your greatest teachers. So throughout my learning process, it's been about letting go of some of the perfectionism and allowing like the children from psychic kids or the elders to be my greatest teachers. And Mm -hmm. this process of becoming a hypnotherapist or using something called EMDR. And for those of you who've never heard of this, it's actually a tool that's used for people who've experienced trauma. And it stands for eye movement desensitization and restructuring. And God, it's loaded. EMDR is so much easier to say, but it's actually working with the brain, the right and the left brain. And finding a different communication to help the trauma because the trauma itself is it like a negative communication in the brain and the, the memory of that trauma is frozen. And what EMDR does is it helps you to unfreeze the memory, the pictures, the voices, the sense that are associated to the trauma and give you new ideas and thoughts and voices to that trauma. So that's a collective of my work and my process. And it is because I've had along my own path, uh, lots of different trauma experiences from having been pretty badly bullied to being a sexual abuse survivor and then having lost a partner when I was 27. Hmm. And have you used these techniques um, like hypnotherapy and EMDR through your own healing, which is what led you to want to use them in your own practice? Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. They sometimes when we are in a state of deep grief or trauma, we don't have the words to express what's going on. It's so primal. It's like, how do you explain the feeling of a burning inside your heart. How do you explain that? How do you explain this emptiness in your gut or this sense of being so lost that you don't know where you are or who you are? So these these tools, these tasks that I undertook with hypnotherapy and EMDR and, and utilizing really creative methods, including clay and pottery to expand the conversation of the emotions that often don't have words. So one of the things that I'm uh, curious, curious about is, you know, now that you haven't been able to be in your office in person, have you moved at all to video uh, sessions with your clients? And have you been able to do any hypnotherapy and EMDR through this type of forum? So great question. And it's all Zoom. You know, I I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm a Zoom zombie sometimes, <laughs> you know, and uh, and it's the work is m- much more intense on Zoom. And yes, I'm able to do hypnotherapy. I'm able to do EMDR uh, you, uh, using Zoom and EMDR is a it's it's a really easy thing to be able to uh, do online because it's just, it's either a sound that kind of goes back and forth and it, 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 it taps into your right brain and left brain, or it's a dot that moves back and forth. And when you look at the dot, you're just 
moving left brain, right brain, left brain, right brain. And it's a way of really changing the neural pathways within the brain, given very specific prompts by the therapist to the client. And the the EMDR session usually lasts longer than a regular session. They're usually 90 minutes uh, and because there's a, there's a prep and then there's the, the session itself. And then there's a discussion afterwards. Yeah. And are you actually piping the sound through where is it oscillating from right to left ear that they can hear? Yeah. So there are uh, free actually YouTube programs with the sound and with the, the, the dancing dot. And, and some people choose to look at the dot going back and forth and, and listen. Some people just, just choose to watch the dot and other people choose to just listen. So you've got a variety of techniques. In the past, another technique that's used with EMDR is tapping. So it's either tapping the kneecaps or tasting or tapping the the hands and mm-hmm. it's rhythmic and that rhythm can change so depending go fast it can can you can slow it down and the idea is you're you're using the brain to reprocess in different uh like statics if you will Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really fascinating work. I have done it personally, to heal some past trauma. And it was like a miracle. I just couldn't I was like, Oh, my God, this really works. Yeah, I, I could believe it. You know, it's it's really great stuff. And I think, you know, for those who are listening, um, it would be really good if you have been in therapy, traditional therapy, talk therapy, and maybe have never explored anything like hypnotherapy or EMDR. Um, I would say try to do a search in your area um, and find find a therapist that is trained in it that can, you know, share this tool with you because it works wonders. And I think what I love about it is that, you know, people don't have to be in therapy for 20, 30 years. You know, I mean, these sessions change people's lives in a matter of like a block of sessions too. So that's what I really like about it because we're also working within the brain. We, you know, they have found out now where the trauma gets stored and how we can, you know, move this so that people don't have to be living and carrying this trauma their whole lives. You're so right. They've actually been able to back this up with data. They've, they've shown, they've scanned in an MRI machine, uh, the brain of someone who's had trauma and they've had the person speak about the trauma give the narrative of the trauma and scan the brain while that's going on and then they take the person out of the MRI machine they do they've done it two different ways one do the, doing an EMDR session while in the MRI machine and seeing how the neural pathways actually begin to change or and they've taken the person out, done some sessions, and then rescanned the brain, asking the person to tell the same story. And they've been able to see how the brain, the brain has changed. It's, yeah. it's really, uh, it, it feels magical. Mm-hmm. It is. And I've seen a lot of people's lives change as a result of doing that type of therapy. So yes. highly recommend it. So let's go into kind of talking about, um, I love the word that you used before we started recording, but the spiritual emergencies that people are taking on during this pandemic. And let's go a little bit more into what you're noticing um, 
people are experiencing with the grief, the loss, and the trauma of our world completely being turned upside down. No one has ever experienced what we're experiencing now as a as a as a world, really. And it's loaded with all of these things. And you know, I think that you can help our listeners understand that some of these reactions that they're having are really normal grief reactions and very common when people are going through loss and trauma. So I'd just love to give you the floor and go wherever you would like for as long as you'd like on this, because you have some important stuff to say about it. Thank you. It's a, it's a tough topic and it's a topic that so often people don't want to talk about. They want to shy away from it. They want to run from it as a matter of fact. And the idea of being able to discover the self through this process is what is exciting for me as a clinician to share with your listeners. That if you step into this and you are willing to say, you know what, I might, I might learn about how to become my best self through this process. And I don't have to be afraid of it because the more I fear it, the bigger it becomes. The less I fear it, the more I dance with it, I partner with it. Then the grief becomes, yes, this partner who's got my back, who's teaching me, who's teaching me to be awake in ways that I've never been awake. And so that's, if we look at this virus and how it's brought us down, it is a universal experience. It is a collective experience. There is people around the world know what COVID is. It, there's no language barrier with COVID. We know what it is. We know how it's brought us down. We know how it's isolated us. We know how it's also made us, many folks, call into question their lives, their livelihoods, mm -hmm. their relationships, their relationship with the self, the soul, and the psyche, and also learn about what it is to grieve and grieve perhaps in isolation from a true loss of a loved one and what happens when the rituals are taken away. Now, I know I just kind of put out a lot of information, but it's all, it's all happening you know, we are in a, in a huge reassessment phase. The, there's, there's a term called liminal space. And liminal space is a space where you're at a threshold and you don't know what comes next. And so this COVID-19 has put us in this liminal space. We're at, facing a threshold and we just don't even know what's going to come next. What's What's happening? What can we look forward to? What can we plan on? What can we do to nurture ourselves? And through this time, there can be the spiritual emergency. The spiritual emergency is a, is a crisis that's internal. And it's, it makes you tight. It could cause your jaw to clench. It could make you angry anxious, being aware of regrets, thinking of times when you felt shame, and perhaps lacking a certain empathy for yourself, for your soul, 
and maybe even for others because they couldn't show up for you the way you expected. Those are all parts of grief. The spiritual emergency is a grief yearning reaction. It's a a lost sense of the self. It's anger that has nowhere to go. It's, It's a deep taking on of, it's like you've got Zeus in the room and Zeus is saying, you're going to fight me? I don't think so. And you're saying, well, I'm going to try to fight you. And Zeus is saying, no, you can't fight me. I'm bigger than you. And you see the power of Zeus. And instead of even trying to fight, you stop. And it is in that stopping, in that lost sense of meeting your own resilience in this fight that can cause this spiritual emergency. And it hurts. It hurts everywhere. It hurts in your feet. It hurts in your butt. It hurts in your belly and your gut. It hurts in your throat. It hurts in your head. And it attacks your heart. And this kind of grief is a grief that is dark and black and bleak. And in this time, especially so, because the way that that we as homo sapiens have coped is by gathering, by holding, by showing up, by bringing food over, by by gently following a course or by seeking therapy or by just saying, I need you to hold me and I need to cry. So when these elements of survival have been taken away, the spiritual emergency is even deeper and darker. And yet, when we go so dark and we go so deep, and we really look at ourselves and our souls, and we start to listen, listen in ways we never thought we would be able to listen to ourselves. We are in, yes, a moment of crisis, but we are also in the process of meeting our unexpected allies. And those unexpected allies come out in the darkness. And the unexpected ally might be, I got to get out of this marriage. <laughs> I got to move. I got I got to change my job. And now my focus is on being a best self, a better self, a more enlightened self, a less fearful self, a self that will take chances that will begin to listen in ways that you've never listened before. And that helps you find your unexpected allies. I do this work because my husband died and he was an unexpected ally in this. And his voice is throughout all of my work. And I don't know what I would be doing had that not happened when I was 27, but it did. And now I'm here. And so we have these moments, these nodal points that are change agents. 
and our allies to help us along the path. Now, what would you say to some people who are having the spiritual emergency and they're kind of feeling paralyzed in it? They're paralyzed in the grief. They're they're panic-stricken. They're just feeling like they can't even find a sense of spirituality because some of the anxiety and the angst is just too overwhelming for them to even function. And maybe it may not even be anxiety, but it could be depression, you know, where there's like no motivation. They can't seek out or feel connected to anything. Um, and, and as you know, you know, suicide rates are on the rise and, and more so than the number of people passing away from this uh, this virus. So, um, you know, if there's anyone out there listening that maybe needs to hear something, what would you offer for advice during that type of spiritual emergency where they're not making the move, they're not going forward with a divorce or changing their job, they are just completely paralyzed? So in that darkness of being paralyzed, there's a narrative that's frozen. And in that frozen narrative, one of the things that most people are not doing is breathing. Now, I know that we breathe. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, they wouldn't be listening to this if they weren't breathing. But there are different kinds of breath. And one of the first places to start truly is to take a few minutes and start to breathe. And that breathing is taking in a deep breath and holding it for two seconds and letting it go. And doing this three or four times in a series. When we get stuck in our narrative and you use the word paralyzed and suicide is a form of being paralyzed. They don't really want to end their lives. They just want to end the pain. They want the pain to quiet. And so often there is a feeling of being unheard, unseen, unsafe. And there's no, there's no one to reach out to. Now, to say, don't do it alone when we are living in isolation, it, you can still reach out. There are, there are helplines. There are, there are places of worship that have phone lines. They have, if you have a computer, you can access help. And often what stops us from getting help is a sense of either shame or guilt, or feeling like you're too much. And you're never too much. Let's change that cognition. It is about changing the thoughts. And changing the thoughts from a negative cognition, which is really just a negative thought. I am bad. I am not worth it. I can't do this. I am stuck to... I can reach out for help. I don't have to do this alone. I am going to contact one person I know. And even if I am an introvert, I probably know one person. And I'm going to reach out to them and just say I need help. Mm -hmm. And it takes courage 
to ask for help. So I would first start with just breathing enough so that you, you can just settle yourself. There's the anxiety is probably pretty high and we, we don't really have the time to go into all of the different types of anxiety. However, anxiety is very akin and close with anger. When anger gets expelled, the anxiety will lessen. So if you find that you're angry and you usually put the anger on yourself, you beat yourself up or you're paralyzed or you're hurting yourself, harming, whether it's not eating or not sleeping, those are also forms of self-harming or you're cutting yourself a form of self-harming. If you, it's usually associated to anxiety and anxiety is very, very closely correlated to that anger and anger. We don't want to feel our anger, but when you let go of the anger, the anxiety, guess what? It dissipates. It lessens. It, com- it, it, it doesn't, doesn't completely go away, but it definitely lessens. So I'd like anybody who's feeling the anxiety to tap into your anger. See what happens to your sense of feeling paralyzed because they all work in tandem. Hmm. Great points. Great points. Um, can we also go back to the ritual aspects of this? Um, I'm sure you have worked with shamans before, you know, in the past I've done some works in it work with shamans and they're all about ritual, right? It's all about ritual. And in the Western culture, I think a lot of that is lost, you know, the, the sense of community and doing ritual with community and things like that, which is why when those practices I think are brought into the West, people eat it up because they could just feel it, you know, just feels so good um, to have these rituals. And we have a lot of rituals here in, in our Western culture. And I think, you know, the pandemic is showing us that maybe some people might have taken some of those rituals for granted. Um, You know, even birthday celebrations, right? That's a ritual. Um, And, you know, some of the shamanic practices might be like a fire ritual or a water ritual, but, you know, those are kind of intense and a little more intricate, but a birthday party is a ritual. (laughs) Um, Graduation, you know, how many kids kind of really suffered not being able to walk across the stage or moving up day or those, you know, kindergartners going into first grade. Um, So we have a lot of rituals that I think we were we have awoken to see or have woken up to see that, wow, these, these really carry a lot of importance for us. And, and also like you were talking about earlier, uh, anyone who has passed away, not related to COVID um, just, you know, people are still dying for other reasons and how some of the ceremonies for funerals, Um, are also being taken away. So it's like double the loss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk about the, you really, you really said it. Yeah. The, the double the loss it is you, you, you lose a loved one, whether it's from COVID or not. And then you're not able to follow through on those very important necessary rituals, Uh, a burial, a wake, a joining of 
of a group of people who will tell stories and 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 laugh and maybe have a glass of wine or a beer and just celebrate a life lived. And our goodbyes are very different right now. I know I, I had an uncle who passed away during this time, not from COVID, and they had a Zoom service. And it was just, it was like, wow, like, I, I, I can't say goodbye to my uncle Bob, not the way that I would have wanted to, nor could I have visited him because where he was, was on lockdown. And so we feel also that we might not have been able to say goodbye in the way that we wanted to say goodbye, that we weren't able to do the rituals, whatever those, whatever those rites or rituals were. We talk about, you know, funerals, weddings, you know, all life changing experiences that with the little, the few rituals that we do have in the Western world that we have not even been able to follow through and be celebratory or mournful. And, and yet, have you found creative ways to move through some rituals? And let me give you an example. So because the funeral and the funeral rite has really been taken away, some people decided to, on their computer, they had, they sent around a blank piece of paper and everyone told a story about their loved one who passed and maybe put in a, dropped in a picture or two. And this went around a family circle, a friend circle, and they were able to create their own ceremony, their own ritual, their own rite. And some people included drumming music and some people included flute music or rock and roll, depending. And so it is finding new ways of honoring the rituals that we've lost and harvesting new rituals. And so now is the time to harvest in our loss, in our grief, perhaps new rituals, perhaps new moments of meaning that are substantial. And this, this time right now may be a time of creating new rituals. And there are rituals that don't have to do with life-changing events. The ritual of getting up and going to work in the morning, the ritual of you know, putting on your work clothes and being gone from 6 a.m. or 7 until 9, that was a ritual. Well, that ritual isn't, isn't here anymore. It's changed. It's shifted. And how do we reckon with those lost rituals? If we think about all the other rituals that we have in, in our lives, how we recognize the 4th of July or Mother's Day or Father's Day, and and what they what they meant within a family or with within a couple or within a gathering of friends who were graduating college high school kindergarten and how can you and me and anyone who you know how can we honor by by being in the creation of the new voice of the spiritual emergence 
moving out of the emergency and into an emergence, which is an opening, which is an opening that allows for, okay, yes, I am grieving and I am mourning and I feel stuck or paralyzed, but that emergence comes out when I reach out for help and I see somebody actually cares or that opening happens when I realized that I had a moment in my life that I made a decision that hasn't worked out, but I now have a moment now to make another decision and go down another path. And who knows where that's going to take me to allow yourself to be curious in the development of these rituals, to allow yourself to be curious when anxiety hits. How is it a teacher to be curious about your anger, to be curious about moments when you feel malaise versus depression versus sadness, and to be able to accurately label what's going on with you creates an internal knowing that can, oh, open the world up, open up relationships, open up community, and open up what I'm now calling safe pods, people who are like-minded and they are acting in very safe ways. And it may be a new creation of the new family or the new schooling pod, and it's all developing as a result of our grief and our loss. Mm. I loved uh, how you put those words together, emergency and then emergence. Um, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I hope that lands with everyone like it landed with me. That was really good. Well, Edie, if people want to get more information about you, you you know, the book that you had written, um, you know, working with you, if you are in New York, right? Because you're licensed in New York. Are you licensed in any other state? No, I'm just licensed in New York right now. Okay. Working to get licensed in Massachusetts, but licensure right now is very hard because of everything that's going on. But um, and hopefully, uh, we are really working on having a united licensure because it's just ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. It's it is. And yes, um, people can certainly reach me through my website, which is edynathan.com. And my book is It's Grief, The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. And what I love, and you can find that on Amazon uh, and or through my website. And if you go to my website and you mention that you heard me on this podcast, uh, what I will send you is one chapter from the book, chapter 11, which are the 11 phases of grief. And uh, what you'll also find in the book is a greater explanation of anxiety and of anger and all of the different ways that, that those can land with you. So be curious, be curious and unfreeze from the narrative and allow yourself to find your unexpected allies. Thank you so much, Edie. And I really recommend everybody to head on over to her website. Let her know that you heard her here on the Path 11 podcast and you get chapter 11. Look at that 11 phases. You know, 
what a, what a coincidence, right? <laughs> so yes. thank you, Edie. And thank you for gifting our listeners with that. I really appreciate that. And it's always wonderful to talk with you. Um, are you going to be at the conference next year in June? Maybe we'll be there in person. We'll see. Hopefully I will be. Yes. Great. And uh, I, I would imagine so. And wherever it is that that's where I'll be. And yes, yes. All right. So we'll we'll either hold it online again, like we did this year, which actually worked out really well. It did. Um, Yeah. You you guys did a great job. Thanks. Yeah. We'll see each other in person. I would love that. So thank you so much for this opportunity. It was lovely talking with you. Yes. Thank you. Same here. Thanks, Edie. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening today. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to this week's show. Before you go, I just wanted to remind you to listen to our new podcast, Mindbenders. Visit mindbenderspodcast.com to hear my dad's synchronistic story, I hope it'll bend your mind, about Jimi Hendrix. Then submit your story if you think it can bend our minds. Also be sure to check out the video replays of the 2020 Virtual Afterlife Conference. We have over 17 hours of amazing presenters exploring the survival of consciousness after death, working with hospice professionals, physicians, mediums, clergy, counselors, and alternative healers to offer a deeper understanding of death and beyond.